welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm a senior editor at Light Reading. I'm Nicole Ferraro. I'm also an editor here at Light Reading. My name is Jürgen Hattaier. I'm the CTO for EMEA and AsiaPAC here at Siena. Uh, my name is uh, Sven Nims. I'm the CEO of Altabox uh, Carrier. Well, thanks uh, for joining us. Great to have you both on. Uh, and I know that you all had uh, a really big um, collaboration recently uh, around 800G uh, linking Amsterdam and Copenhagen. Can you give us a little bit of background on um, you know, why you had that partnership and what it entails? All right, then why don't I go first? Um, so yeah, Kelsey, it's a, a very exciting partnership that we, that we have with Altibox. Um, not only because you know we have set uh, a, a record on a on a on a single submarine link, but also because working with Altibox is very special for us. You know, having worked through them through a pandemic, through really difficult times, but also working with a pioneer in that space who wants to connect Norway to the world like it's never done before. That's something that really is is exciting for us. And um, the partnership throughout the difficult period has not only proven you know, fruitful from a perspective of getting technology rolled out, but we have also built a relationship that allows us to grow and expand in the future and really serve the market in the way it deserves. Swain? So, I think it has been a pleasure from, from Multibox Carrier side as well. We have um, been setting records, both uh, terrestrial uh, and on our subsea cable. So we are very happy with that. And it also shows that we choose or chose the right partner for um, the equipment that we use for our platform. Uh, and also it meets the demands that all our customers uh, are asking for. So it, it's the answer of uh, high-performing uh, uh, equipment from, from Siena and also a very good uh, quality on the fiber infrastructure um, as a whole. Um, so how long did this project take from start to finish? And I think you mentioned working on it throughout the pandemic. Uh, so I imagine that was a challenge. What, what other challenges arose for you for you all? It, it takes time with these large projects. The deployment uh, time for, for deploying uh, sea cable infrastructure and also terrestrial fiber is uh, it's a huge project. So we have been working on this for four years now. Um, luckily, we had a good start before the pandemic um, struck. So we sort of had a uh, tailwind going into that period. And I think that was very helpful. Uh, and we also managed to organize the different projects that we had ongoing uh, in a good way. So we didn't get any huge hit um, uh, with uh, COVID uh, problems uh, during the deployment we had. So um, it went fairly well, but it, it caused a lot of different issues and problems for us that we uh, didn't experience before, that's for sure. Yeah, I imagine so. And so this was um, 800G over 1,100 kilometers connecting Amsterdam and Copenhagen. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And we also did the same thing for the NOUK, which is the first off as well, where we had 800 gig channels um, from Stavanger to Newcastle on the subsea segment uh, going in between there. Mm-hmm. And why was it important to link Amsterdam and Copenhagen specifically? I think for, 
out-the-box carrier is trying to enable Norway for more data center activity. Um, and to do so, we need the proper infrastructure to Europe, where the main uh, data centers and pops are. So we have built uh, an extensive network the last four years to bring traffic in and out of Norway to where our customer wants. So I think we have approximately built 2,500 kilometers of new uh, long-haul infrastructure, including both subsea assets and terrestrial fiber. And we also have acquired about 10 million meters of um, fiber in Europe to sort of tie all this together with um, proper diversity and open metro structure uh, around Europe. What's so fascinating with the build-out that Altibox did is really the bigger picture. If you think about somebody investing money to connect a country which runs fully on renewable energy to enable them to become a data center hub. You know, where in the past there were only singular blinks in and out of Norway, you know, Altibox is really is changing the game and is really making this place an attractive one for hyperscalers, for any other data center operator. Because we all know these days that space and power are at a premium. And the more you know, customers and service providers and everybody is looking after sustainable, renewable sources of energy, good connectivity, good climate where you don't you know, have to spend a lot of money on cooling down your equipment. Norway has really become an attractive place thanks to Altibox. And that's the bigger picture with all the you know, records that were set aside. The impact on the economy and you know what it does for for a country is big. I, I totally agree, Jürgen. I think the most important thing is to get the activity further north um, of Europe, and I, we believe that Norway uh, is an is an attractive place to to establish that activity. The cold climate and also the huge surplus of, of green energy that we possess. Uh, will certainly help to the green shift uh, for the whole industry if you can get the activity moved up north. In, in terms of where Norway is linking out to, what do those cities do for for um, for the network, for Altibox to be connected to, uh, outwardly as well? Um, you're talking about a little bit about resiliency and sustainability. Um, I imagine this adds more redundancy, more just more options in, in general. Um, is that the case? Yeah, we need uh, more flexibility in, in distributing the traffic, uh, both within the Nordics and also out of Norway. So you need, or we needed more um, infrastructure and more diversity. And latency is also an issue. Uh, earlier, we had not enough flexibility, so the latency was probably too high uh, in many cases. So with the Three, four, five, it will be pretty soon, new routes uh, out of Norway. I think we have provided both the needed uh, diversity and also the lower latency to reach a larger market within Europe uh, to certain types of um, um, activity within the data center market. Right. And could you all tell us a little bit more about, um, you know, you touched on the sustainability piece. Um, how is, uh, you know, Norway well positioned uh, from, a, you mentioned renewable energy uh, to support data center 
growth and development? Norway has a huge surplus of, uh, of green energy, and I think 95% of the energy produced in Norway is uh, hydro energy. So for uh, energy-intensive uh, industries, it makes or the, who wants to lower the carbon footprint, it's ideal. We also have uh, low temperatures in Norway, so you don't need to use that much energy in cooling uh, all your data centers. So um, I think in that sense, uh, Norway is able to make a difference uh, and also help in, helping in the green shift. A lot of the data center providers these days actually choose the location based on availability of energy and connectivity rather than anything else. So, you know, in the past where proximity to the users was, you know, a primary objective, these days the edgification, the edge cloud is kind of helping to bridge the gap towards the bigger data centers where, you know, Norway does not only provide the green energy, but apparently also the flexibility to have more when it's required. And so I think, you know, with Altibox's strategy to connect the country, they are building that flexible infrastructure together with the resources available to really not only make it an attractive place, but one that allows to really uh, build upon the build for future growth. And I also think with the energy crisis that we have today, where there is uh, not a lot of uh, available energy in Europe, I think it is important that Norway also step up and, and provides the available energy that we have. Yes, indeed. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit about this milestone, this 800 gigs across the NO UK, no UK cable, um, which Sienna says is a first for submarines. Um, so why does that milestone matter? Uh, and tell me a bit about the testing and the technology behind achieving that. Yeah, the, the NO UK is an active um, cable system. There's eight pairs um, and seven repeaters. Um, and the tests we have done with Sienna uh, shows that we're able to drive 800 gig channels on that. And that is important and also gives you sort of a quality uh, stamp on, on your product and, and backbone um, together with the uh, other records that we have set, which is important to our customers as well, uh, where you're able to push larger amounts uh, of data on those kind of um, those types of assets. I think what's also key to say is that you called it a, a quality stamp, a quality stamp on the fiber infrastructure, a quality stamp on the planning work and how everything came together. And really by harvesting those fruits like 800 gig on a single wavelength, not only are you improving the, the energy efficiency significantly by having 800 instead of, let's say, 400 gig on that fiber pair. But it, again, provides the flexibility for Altibox to scale up to customer demand quickly without, you know, going through investment cycles um, to, to boost the bandwidth. So it comes with a lot of pride that jointly we achieved the technical result, but the impact on the business is also significant. And I know you all were working on this um, in the midst of the pandemic, are you noticing, um, you know, changes in bandwidth demands from your customers? Are they looking for more low latency applications? Um, can you talk a little bit about how this um, deployment uh, meets new customer demands and, and provisions you well for, for future demand as well? I think the, 
pandemic probably pushed uh, some of the activity in Norway with uh, about a year and a two. Uh, so we, we're seeing the activity pick up uh, quite extensively uh, these days. There are a lot of huge uh, players looking into entering Norway and establishing themselves uh, here. And the demand they have and what they're asking for is uh, uh, in the high end, so to speak. So the whole pandemic has hugely increased the, um, the demand for several um, of these players. So if you look at the, the global market space throughout the pandemic um, in, in, in the territories that I have insights to, we have seen, you know, a tremendous shift of traffic patterns, you know, from, from rural area, uh, sorry, from, from city urban areas into the rural space, which is slowly coming back. We see that the network providers who have really been working on a fully converged infrastructure between wireless and wired were the ones that were benefiting from it. Um, where we have seen a step up function in demand at, at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, it has returned to normal growth patterns. But the one thing that definitely is driving a change in the consumption pattern is the continued cloudification, especially of the enterprise business of the commercial users that we have on our networks. Data is moving into the cloud. Data is moving into the cloud a lot faster than we anticipated a couple of years ago. And so the high-speed infrastructure that Altibox built to connect data centers with data centers is as important as connecting them you know, from their homes, from their offices into the cloud. So I think if you want to summarize the major trends, um, you know, which were accelerated by COVID, it's it's a it's a push um, and, a, and a move from a whole lot more residential traffic on the system to uh, commercial traffic, and we see a whole lot more you know distributed um, traffic where you know you have all these home offices that are generating loads of video data, which is only going to be accelerated as we look into the metaverse moving forward. Yeah, I think the pandemic definitely um, lit a fire under some uh, enterprises to figure out how to make that distributed workforce um, work and, and support them. And, you know, whatever cloud goals that they had decided to move full speed ahead on that. Um, well, I wanted to thank you both for joining us on the podcast. This has been um, really interesting and, and look forward to hearing future updates uh, later on. Thank you for having us, Kelsey. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Nicole. Thank, Thank you. you.